Chapter Nine, Part Two of the Quintessence of Ibsenism by George Bernard Shaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Nine: The Technical Novelty in Ibsen's Plays, Part Two. In short, pure accidents are not dramatic; they are only anecdotic. They may be sensational, impressive, provocative, ruinous, curious, or a dozen other things but they have no specifically dramatic interest there is no drama in being knocked down or run over the catastrophe in hamlet would not be in the least dramatic had polonius fallen downstairs and broken his neck claudius succumbed to delirium tremens hamlet forgotten to breathe in the intensity of his philosophic speculation ophelia died of danish measles laertes been shot by the palace sentry and rosencrantz and guildenstern drowned in the north sea even as it is the queen who poisons herself by accident has an air of being polished off to get her out of the way her death is the one dramatic failure of the piece bushels of good paper have been inked in vain by writers who imagine they could produce a tragedy by killing everyone in the last act accidentally as a matter of fact no accident however sanguinary can produce a moment of real drama though a difference of opinion between husband and wife as to living in town or country might be the beginning of an appalling tragedy or a capital comedy it may be said that everything is an accident that othello's character is an accident iago's character another accident and the fact that they happen to come together in the venetian service an even more accidental accident also that torvald helmer might just as likely have married mrs nickleby as nora granting this trifling for what it is worth the fact remains that marriage is no more an accident than birth or death that is it is expected to happen to everybody and if every man has a good deal of torvald helmer in him and every woman a good deal of nora neither their characters nor their meeting and marrying are accidents othello though entertaining pitiful and resonant with the thrills a master of language can produce by mere artistic sonority is certainly much more accidental than a doll's house but it is correspondingly less important and interesting to us it has been kept alive not by its manufactured misunderstandings and stolen handkerchiefs and the like nor even by its orchestral verse but by its exhibition and discussion of human nature marriage and jealousy and it would be a prodigiously better play if it were a serious discussion of the highly interesting problem of how a simple moorish soldier would get on with a super subtle venetian lady of fashion if he married her as it is the play turns on a mistake and though a mistake can produce a murder which is the vulgar substitute for a tragedy it cannot produce a real tragedy in the modern sense reflective people are not more interested in the chamber of horrors than in their own homes nor in murderers victims and villains than in themselves and the moment a man has acquired sufficient reflective power to cease gaping at waxworks he is on his way to losing interest in othello desdemona and iago exactly to the extent to which they become interesting to the police cassio's weakness for drink comes much nearer home to most of us than othello's strangling and throat-cutting or iago's theatrical confidence trick the proof is that shakespeare's professional colleagues who exploited all his sensational devices and piled up torture on murder and incest on adultery until they had far out heroded herod are now unmemorable and unplayable 
shakespeare survives because he coolly treated the sensational horrors of his borrowed plots as inorganic theatrical accessories using them simply as pretexts for dramatizing human character as it exists in the normal world in enjoying and discussing his plays we unconsciously discount the combats and murders commentators are never so astray and consequently so ingenious as when they take hamlet seriously as a madman macbeth as a homicidal highlander and impish humorists like richard and iago as lurid villains of the renaissance the plays in which these figures appear could be changed into comedies without altering a hair of their beards shakespeare had anyone been intelligent enough to tax him with this would perhaps have said that most crimes are accidents that happen to people exactly like ourselves and that macbeth under propitious circumstances would have made an exemplary rector of stratford a real criminal being a defective monster a human accident useful on the stage only for minor parts such as don john's second murderers and the like anyhow the fact remains that shakespeare survives by what he has in common with ibsen and not by what he has in common with webster and the rest hamlet's surprise at finding that he lacks gall to behave in the idealistically conventional manner and that no extremity of rhetoric about the duty of revenging a dear father slain and exterminating the bloody bawdy villain who murdered him seems to make any difference in their domestic relations in the palace in elsinore still keeps us talking about him and going to the theatre to listen to him whilst the older hamlets who never had any ibsenist hesitations and shammed madness and entangled the courtiers in the arras and burned them and stuck hard to the theatrical school of the fat boy in pickwick i wants to make your flesh creep are as dead as john shakespeare's mutton we have progressed so rapidly on this point under the impulse given to the drama by ibsen that it seems strange now to contrast him favourably with shakespeare on the ground that he avoided the old catastrophes which left the stage strewn with the dead at the end of an elizabethan tragedy for perhaps the most plausible reproach levelled at ibsen by modern critics of his own school is just that survival of the old school in him which makes the death-rate so high in his last acts do oswald alving hedvig ekdal rosmer and rebecca hedda gabler solness eyolf borkman rubeck and irene die dramatically natural deaths or are they slaughtered in the classic and shakespearean manner partly because the audience expects blood for its money partly because it is difficult to make people attend seriously to anything except by startling them with some violent calamity it is so easy to make out a case for either view that i shall not argue the point the post ibsen playwrights apparently think that ibsen's homicides and suicides were forced in chekhov's cherry orchard for example where the sentimental ideals of our amiable cultured schumann playing property class are reduced to dust and ashes by a hand not less deadly than ibsen's because it is so much more caressing nothing more violent happens than that the family cannot afford to keep up its old house in granville barker's plays the campaign against our society is carried on with all ibsen's implacability but the one suicide in waste is unhistorical for neither parnell nor dilke who were the actual cases in point of the waste which was the subject of the play killed himself i myself have been reproached because the characters in my plays talk but do nothing meaning that they do not commit felonies 
as a matter of fact we have come to see that it is no true denouement to cut the gordian knot as alexander did with a stroke of the sword if people's souls are tied up by law and public opinion it is much more tragic to leave them to wither in these bonds than to end their misery and relieve the salutary compunction of the audience by outbreaks of violence judge brack was on the whole right when he said that people don't do such things if they did the idealists would be brought to their senses very quickly indeed but in ibsen's plays the catastrophe even when it seems forced and when the ending of the play would be more tragic without it is never an accident and the play never exists for its sake his nearest to an accident is the death of little eyolf who falls off a pier and is drowned but this instance only reminds us that there is one good dramatic use for an accident it can awaken people when england wept over the deaths of little nell and paul dombey the strong soul of ruskin was moved to scorn to novelists who were at a loss to make their books sell he offered the formula when at a loss kill a child but ibsen did not kill little eyolf to manufacture pathos the surest way to achieve a thoroughly bad performance of little eyolf is to conceive it as a sentimental tale of a drowned darling its drama lies in the awakening of almers and his wife to the despicable quality and detestable rancors of the life they have been idealizing as blissful and poetic they are so sunk in their dream that the awakening can be effected only by a violent shock and that is just the one dramatically useful thing an accident can do it can shock hence the accident that befalls eyolf as to the deaths in ibsen's last acts they are a sweeping up of the remains of dramatically finished people solness's fall from the tower is as obviously symbolic as phaeton's fall from the chariot of the sun ibsen's dead bodies are those of the exhausted or destroyed he does not kill hilda for instance as shakespeare killed juliet he is ruthless enough with hedwig and eyolf because he wants to use their deaths to expose their parents but if he had written hamlet nobody would have been killed in the last act except perhaps horatio whose correct nullity might have provoked fortinbras to let some of the moral sawdust out of him with his sword for shakespearean deaths in ibsen you must go back to lady inger and the plays of his nonage with which this book is not concerned the drama was born of old from the union of two desires the desire to have a dance and the desire to hear a story the dance became a rant the story became a situation when ibsen began to make plays the art of the dramatist had shrunk into the art of contriving a situation and it was held that the stranger the situation the better the play ibsen saw that on the contrary the more familiar the situation the more interesting the play shakespeare had put ourselves on the stage but not our situations our uncles seldom murder our fathers and cannot legally marry our mothers we do not meet witches our kings are not as a rule stabbed and succeeded by their stabbers and when we raise money by bills we do not promise to pay pounds of our flesh ibsen supplies the want left by shakespeare he gives us not only ourselves but ourselves in our own situations the things that happen to his stage figures are things that happen to us one consequence is that his plays are much more important to us than shakespeare's another is that they are capable both of hurting us cruelly and of filling us with excited hopes of escape from idealistic tyrannies and with visions of intenser life in the future 
changes in technique follow inevitably from these changes in the subject matter of the play when a dramatic poet can give you hopes and visions such old maxims as that stagecraft is the art of preparation become boyish and may be left to those unfortunate playwrights who being unable to make anything really interesting happen on the stage have to acquire the art of continually persuading the audience that it is going to happen presently when he can stab people to the heart by showing them the meanness or cruelty of something they did yesterday and intend to do to-morrow all the old tricks to catch and hold their attention become the silliest of superfluities the play called the murder of gonzago which hamlet makes the players act before his uncle is artlessly constructed but it produces a greater effect on claudius than the oedipus of sophocles because it is about himself the writer who practises the art of ibsen therefore discards all the old tricks of preparation catastrophe denouement and so forth without thinking about it just as a modern rifleman never dreams of providing himself with powder horns percussion caps and wads indeed he does not know the use of them ibsen substituted a terrible art of sharpshooting at the audience trapping them fencing with them aiming always at the sorest spot in their consciences never mislead an audience was an old rule but the new school will trick the spectator into forming a meanly false judgment and then convict him of it in the next act often to his grievous mortification when you despise something you ought to take off your hat to or admire and imitate something you ought to loathe you cannot resist the dramatist who knows how to touch these morbid spots in you and make you see that they are morbid the dramatist knows that as long as he is teaching and saving his audience he is as sure of their strained attention as a dentist is or the angel of the annunciation and though he may use all the magic of art to make you forget the pain he causes you or to enhance the joy of the hope and courage he awakens he is never occupied in the old work of manufacturing interest and expectation with materials that have neither novelty significance nor relevance to the experience or prospects of the spectators hence a cry has arisen that the post ibsen play is not a play and that its technique not being the technique described by aristotle is not a technique at all i will not enlarge on this the fun poked at my friend mr a b walkley in the prologue of fanny's first play need not be repeated here but i may remind him that the new technique is new only on the modern stage it has been used by preachers and orators ever since speech was invented it is the technique of playing upon the human conscience and it has been practised by the playwright whenever the playwright has been capable of it rhetoric irony argument paradox epigram parable the rearrangement of haphazard facts into orderly and intelligent situations these are both the oldest and the newest arts of the drama and your plot construction and art of preparation are only the tricks of theatrical talent and the shifts of moral sterility not the weapons of dramatic genius in the theatre of ibsen we are not flattered spectators killing an idle hour with an ingenious and amusing entertainment we are guilty creatures sitting at a play and the technique of pastime is no more applicable than at a murder trial the technical novelties of the ibsen and post ibsen plays are then first the introduction of the discussion and its development until it so overspreads and interpenetrates the action that it finally assimilates it making play and discussion practically identical and second 
as a consequence of making the spectators themselves the persons of the drama and the incidents of their own lives its incidents the disuse of the old stage tricks by which audience had to be induced to take an interest in unreal people and improbable circumstances and the substitution of a forensic technique of recrimination disillusion and penetration through ideals to the truth with a free use of all the rhetorical and lyrical arts of the orator the preacher the pleader and the rhapsodist end of chapter nine recording by expatriate in bangor maine